everyone. Welcome to episode 81 of the Sky and Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. And I'm Yvonne Ackerman. And I'm Rachel Sutherland. Oh, wow, a guest. We have Rachel Sutherland from Rachel Sutherland Communications, or RSC. Um, I'm sure that you know her if you are... If you're anybody. If you're a Charlotte restaurant owner or a Charlotte food blogger, you know this lady. So we are honored to have you in the studio today. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. We found out that you are also a podcaster today. In addition to your PR company, you have Smart Mouth... Life Life. podcast. I just launched that with my uh, podcast co-host partner, Donna Scott. We launched it on Valentine's Day. You can find out all the information at smartmouthlife.com, but it's essentially a podcast for women about women. So is this one. What's Valentine's Day? (laughs) Are you serious? Really? Uh, Yeah, I'm serious. Have you never watched Parks and Rec? Uh, I have. But Have I guess I missed that one. Closely enough, uh, Valentine's Day is February thirteenth, and it's a holiday launched by Amy Poehler's character to celebrate her lady friends. Okay. And they get together and they eat waffles and they celebrate each other. And it's way better than Valentine's Day, yes. of course, because who the hell likes Valentine's Day? But everybody loves Valentine's Day. For real. Right, Jason? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to celebrate Valentine's <laughs> Day by myself and then well, we don't have waffles. to do Valentine's Day. Yeah, we don't do Valentine's Day. Do you yeah. and your husband do Valentine's no, Day? We're not pagans. No. Uh, actually, our very first date uh, was on February 13th. This was wow. way pre-Galentine's Day uh, inception. But uh, I love the fact that he took me out on February 13th because he probably had, at that point, no idea that February 14th was actually <laughs> Valentine's Day. Maybe yeah. he had another date on the 14th <laughs> at that time. I never thought about that. I'll have to ask him. (laughs) Jason's really good at bringing up these things that you never thought of. (laughs) It was in a very small town, so um, I'm betting no, but I will ask him. You would have known about it. Well, he went to the town that's uh, that's over. I grew up in a small town, too. I know how it works. (laughs) You got to drive really far. It's a lot of gas usage. Yeah, but (laughs) gallons were cheap back then. True. Gallons. Yeah. Anyway, so Rachel works with Sabor. Most notably, yes. I think that... We have a special connection with Sabor, too. We What's do. That? Well, so a good friend of mine, um, just her husband, is is really grew up with um, Dalton. Oh, really? Yeah. So they were, like, I was in their wedding with him. And um, yeah, when we first started blogging, and they had, I think they had, like, two locations at the time. We're like, we're, we're just starting a food blog. And he's like, that's so cool. And look where we both are now. For real, they have 12 locations. I you guys know. are like dominating the podcast food scene. Uh, well. Let's slow down. <laughs> <laughs> but they are insane. 12 locations. Like when you yes. told me that when we went to the, it was the Davidson opening. Uh-huh. I was like, my mind was blown. I mean, right. they're so, probably getting ready to sell and franchise to other people. <laughs> Maybe. They're not going to sell, <laughs> but okay. uh, there's some other really cool stuff coming. But uh, I think we've been working with them for about a year. And in that time, they've opened Huntersville, Davidson, South End, and Uptown. So four locations in a year, which is pretty bananas. Yeah. Um, but we, um, they would be a good example of how the power of PR. I personally haven't opened those stores, but I've, my company has kind of helped turn up the volume on the opening because previous to us working with them, they, they have two Instagram accounts. One we can't get into because nobody knows what the password is. Um, But the second one had sat untouched for two years. And I'm like, you guys are killing me. Well, and having two like that is like one of the worst things Mm -hmm. too because people don't know what to tag and how to look you up. PR PR hasn't made their brand, but PR has definitely turned up the volume. They were very successful before we got in the mix and we've just kind of helped streamline their messaging and, and make it a little bit more effective. That other 
Instagram account's just going to have to hang out there forever yeah. <laughs> until we get rid of, figure out a way to get rid of it. But they, um, they managed to grow and grow tremendously even without an, a functioning Instagram account, which was driving me nuts because I could see people tagging them on Twitter and Instagram and they never did anything with it because they had nobody internal that could had, you know, they had so much other stuff on their plate. There was nobody tasked with managing that specifically. So well, restaurants and Jason and I talk about this all, all talk about this all the time. They think they can do their own social media, and as you know, this is a, a full time job if, yes. at this point. Yes, I mean, it is. you can't run a restaurant and do your own social media. I also think maybe you're too close to it too. Um, you know, and that's not always going to be your skill set. And so that's one of the things we wanted to have you in to talk about just the importance of having a good PR team. You know, for a restaurant and you know, kind of what you're missing out on if you're just trying to like spend a few hours a week doing that right. yourself. <laughs> I think, well, at least with social media, social media, regardless of industry, but especially for uh, businesses in the food and beverage space, social media only works if you use it, and that means it, you have to dedicate uh, a lot of time to it, and it. We tell our clients all the time it makes it takes a lot of work to make it look this easy, because there's a ton of back end stuff that goes into it, to to make sure that stuff is happening on time correctly, you know, with the right messaging. If a problem comes up, how do we handle it? Um, and it's not something that you can just do kind of fly by the seat of your pants. I'm sure you guys could probably think of Instagram accounts or social media accounts that you've seen either start off really good and then drop off, or you can tell when somebody has taking it over and is doing it differently. And then you're like, oh, it's just not. You don't get the continuity yeah, the voice of messaging. Changes. Yeah, and the yeah. voice changes. And um, that is what we do is kind of help in. We step in and kind of help our clients seamlessly. Uh, our goal is to make it so that you don't know who's posting. Is it somebody inside or is it us? And um, I'd say for most of them, you can't tell, which is awesome. So do you think... So we, I hate, I hate Facebook and I don't really use it. I don't really, I don't like, it's not intuitive to me. Um, do you think Wow, you that, sound so old. I know. I, that's how I feel when I <laughs> get on you, Facebook. 87? I'm like, where are the things? Like, I can't tag people on Facebook sometimes. I do at. My mom yesterday called my dad to ask about the direct TV password and she couldn't figure out how to do a capital P um, on her, on the, on her on the TV. The, she was like, oh, how yeah. do I do a capital? That's what you sound like. I am. I'm yeah. What's I'm, Facebook? <laughs> Your mom's actually, we found out very savvy on social media. Really? No. <laughs> on Facebook? No. She's, she's uh, yeah, we found out that she's like, we thought that because of this, that she wasn't on social media at all, but we went on a family trip and were questioned about our social media <laughs> post at one point. Yeah. We went and That's got ice we cream out. and uh, Yvonne posted on uh, Instagram, Instagram, I said, worth the family argument because we did have a small argument over getting this ice cream on our family trip. And, and I, then you got called out about it? I woke oh. up the next morning. I come up getting coffee. I'm like in my PJs. My eyes aren't even open. And she's like, I want to talk about your Instagram post. <laughs> and I was like... Is she on Instagram? That's what I said. That was what I said. I said, oh, she's I said you know how to use Instagram? <laughs> she's like, sit uh, down. I think if, she's like, uh, if she's like my mom, my mom, uh, my mom does have an Instagram account now, but initially... She figured out that you could just put the URL in like a, brow a web browser and see uh, a public account. So she didn't actually have to be on Instagram to see the stuff that was being posted. Yes, they're just on a web browser. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, and they don't quite know how to like comment or like, but you know what right. I mean? Like they can see it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to Facebook, uh, Facebook is, I don't want to say where my parents live. It really just depends <laughs> on, it depends on the business. Um, yeah. Some businesses do very well on Instagram. I'm trying to think who. Facebook events for specific clients do mm. very well. Like Birdsong uses Facebook to drive or kind of to like bookmark um, 
information around beer releases and we turn those into events. And then that does really good because then we can link it out on Twitter. We can mention it on Instagram and it, I don't want to say we care less about Facebook, but it's a, it, the way that that platform is set up works well for how we use it. Um, we have an OBGYN client that we, I would say get more engagement on Facebook than we do probably Twitter or Instagram, but that's also because that's where people are kind of consuming that kind of lifestyle content more, or they're more apt to share a link with their friend. You know, um, we use Facebook a lot to kind of dock media placements for clients, especially TV. So if somebody's been on TV, we're going to throw that clip up on Facebook for sure, because people watch videos on Facebook. Yeah, I don't know that they watch the video, like the full videos so much on Mm-mm. Instagram. Like Instagram Mm-mm. TV doesn't seem to have... No. Yeah, it hasn't caught on Mm-mm. like wildfire. No. What about Twitter? Is that still an important part I of the I think it, again, it depends. Uh, Birdsong does well on Twitter, but that's because the craft beer community is still very, very present and active on Twitter. Jason's very active on Twitter. <laughs> I have a secret account where I just I'm very hardcore Republican really? on Twitter. <laughs> no, I'm just it's Donald I was Trump. Say, well, that would be the place to be. <laughs> I just retweet MAGA stuff. Really white supremacist. That's where all your sports stuff lives. Yeah, I, guess, I right? just follow on Twitter. I like to follow sports, mm-hmm. so I don't ever post that much. Yeah, we yeah. don't really use it for the blog. Too I feel much. like yeah. yeah, I feel like I'm more of a Facebook person. Uh-huh. Like I'm old, you know, old people on Facebook. <laughs> kids are old. Like, but then, but then also even. too, like, <laughs> but then I liked a little Snapchat to see what the young kids are doing. You don't even, but you don't yeah, Instagram. No, I normally hang out on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram is pretty much where I go the most too. Like Facebook, literally I use it to post pictures of my kids because I know everybody in my family is going exactly. to see it. I don't have to text anybody yes. anything. Everybody can That's see That's what Facebook from. is for. Yeah. Facebook's yes. for updating life events mm-hmm. for me. Like, I got married. Mm-hmm. I won a bracket. <laughs> My pud died. Something like that. And then In that it, order. But and then I liked Instagram because it's very positive. Like mm-hmm. there's no negativity on Instagram. That's what I like. Twitter mm-hmm. too negative. Yeah. And that's I think the biggest flaw. That's why I think a lot of people I like Instagram. Right. I think Instagram's getting a little negative, probably just because it hasn't been around as long as Facebook. I think it's starting to trend that way. So do you have to like moderate nasty comments you get on your the business accounts you run ever? Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, and thankfully, we don't have a ton. Um, we have been... Uh, What's the best comment you've got? Yeah, we love My favorite these. one so far is when someone accused Sabor of cultural appropriation. <laughs> They're um, not hot taco. Well, also, <laughs> Sabor was founded by someone who's from the Dominican Republic. And, right. And Dalton's wife is from um, El Salvador. So right. how is making yeah. Latin street food... And even if, if that's not the definition of cultural appropriation, right. making the food, right? <laughs> right. They, but they were basically saying, yeah. look at these white people making oh, all God. this Latin food. Wow. How dare you? And I was like... Mm, Actually, the owner is from the Dominican Republic. So, so you responded and you don't delete. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, yes. And that one actually, I don't think it was public facing. Actually, it might have been on Yelp. Um, oh, Yelp. That's Jason's other favorite thing. He yeah. loves reading bad Yelp reviews. Yeah. <laughs> like people who are just. See, and so that goes back to kind of the importance of having a PR strategy or having yeah. someone in place to manage this stuff for you. If you can't do it yourself, and you were mentioning too that sometimes restaurateurs or owners are too close to it, that's absolutely the case oh, um, with Yelp. Yelp. Oh, oh, God. It can get really ugly really fast. And so. Because you don't want to respond bad negatively. 
No. I'm guessing. And um, <laughs> so Laura Graff and I, who also does PR, we did a presentation last week at the um, PCG, the Piedmont Culinary Guild Symposium, and that was something that came up quite a bit in our discussion about why Media Matters was, it delved into how do you deal with negative feedback. And I said, you know, you don't have to not have an opinion as an owner, but that opinion doesn't necessarily need to make it online. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think people on Yelp, yeah. sometimes owners on Yelp, and I've also seen it happen on Facebook, they get so incensed and they're so close to it that they just can't stop. And then it becomes them like bleh, kind of like word vomiting all over yeah. Facebook. And then that gets picked up and it just keeps yeah. going and going and going. So if you have someone like, maybe not even us, but if you have someone else who is a little bit divorced from the situation and can say, okay. Let's talk about, you know, let, let, let's think about how we're going to respond to this. I hear you. Yes. So basically that's what we're doing is we're saying, I see you, especially if it's a public column, uh, yes. comment. Okay. I'm so sorry you had that experience. Let's figure out a way. We want to make this right. Let's figure out a way to take this conversation offline. And generally, if you address people like that and make it right, they um, change their tune incredibly fast, which is kind of comical. But also I think too, people um, get so caught up in kind of like just railing or raging about this bad experience and how dare you treat me like this. They forget that there's people on the, that there's humans on the other end of a business. And um, so we try to as nicely as possible remind people that we're all human here and mistakes happen. And we're, we're truly sorry that this happened to you or, you know, a, a, and we'll do what we can to make it right. So that's where we are. We had Ashley Boyd in and she was saying, you know, like no one gets into the hospitality business to make you have a bad day. Like, True. <laughs> it's like they kind of act like they walk in like wanting to be disappointed and like everyone's out to get them. And it's like no restaurant chore to, right. to be like, yeah. I'm going to ruin your night. Right. And I <laughs> Every think too, night. <laughs> and it's not even special just to Yelp. You can see it on Facebook. If there is someone who is so angry, it takes like literally two clicks to go and see the other reviews that they've done. Oh, yeah. And like <laughs> it's like a catalog of all of their grievances. And it's like maybe you should. A, stop going out. Yeah. And B. Yeah. The home is a good place. For have you me. thought about cooking? <laughs> right. But you can't say, you can't tell somebody, you know no. what? You're just a crab. We don't yeah. want you to come back. We yeah. have to be like, I'm so sorry. Your life must be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. You do have to be like. Well, I think some people just have too much time on their hands too. And then they, they go and they type something up and they're not really thinking. And then when, mm. if you respond back in a nice way, they're like, oh shit, yeah. I probably shouldn't have typed that. Then they feel like, right, this is a nice person. <laughs> right. So the people who called us out yeah. about couple, cultural appropriation, I responded back and just said, you know, no, that then this is, this is where, this is who started the business and this is what we do and blah, blah, blah. And we never asked people to take reviews down, but they have done it. And those were oh. one of them. They took it down. They, I was like, okay, that's really nice. Yeah. So yeah. did you have to take down your response then too, or does the no, whole the whole thing went away? Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love we love Sabor. Our favorite thing there the the Dominican nachos. Is Speak that? for mm-hmm. yourself. That's what I you like, like the carne asada fries. Oh, mm, I'm partial to yuca fries. Yeah, but uh, mm. no, but I like to do the carne asada fries, but with the yuca. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Think about okay. that. Yeah, menu hack. <laughs> there are many, many. Uh, we actually did a Yelp event that was all about secret menu, and it was basically. Everything that we served, the elite Yelpers, were things that people who work at Sabor eat that aren't Ooh. on the menu. So it was like stuff like that. Like it never occurred to me to do carne asada fries with yuca. Oh, yeah. Now I'm going to have to try it. Yeah, now I want okay. that yeah. right now. <laughs> That's the Sky and Spit <laughs> Pancake Special. Okay. okay. So they have a TV thing coming up. Can we talk about that? Yes, we no? can. I'd yes, love to. Can. Yeah, let's. Uh, we can't talk too much. Okay. Uh, but they... Uh, 
It's uh, Dalton Espayat who owns uh, Sabor and his sister, Darylin, who is one of the co-owners of Salud. And I think uh, one of their cousins are going to be on a Food Network show called Family Food Showdown, I think, on April 1st. It's going to air at uh, 10 p.m., last I heard. They've already changed the showtime of it once. but um, And they're a, competing? Yes. It's a competition cooking show. Who are they competing against? Do I we don't know? know. Oh, so they're t- I thought they were competing against each other. No, so no, no. They're a team. Them as a t- okay. Mm-hmm. The show is on now. So if you have, um, like, uh, if you have Roku or something like that, you can go and stream it. And uh, so there have been, I've watched, it's hosted by Valerie Bertinelli. I think the guest judges... At least one of the Voltaggio brothers is a guest judge on, oh. I know, on um, Dalton's episode. And uh, so, yeah, we were going to have a viewing party, but they changed the viewing time. And now it's 10 o'clock on a school night, so no. Yeah, so, so that's everybody can have their own viewing party at home. <laughs> I love those uh, competition shows on Food Network. I watch, like, the Spring Baking Challenge and mm-hmm. the Christmas Baking mm-hmm. Challenge. <laughs> it's so fun. And I didn't know that Dalton's sister owned Salud. Uh-huh. uh-huh. That's amazing. I know. So it's much like, culinary talent. I was going to say, and Charlotte just gets smaller and smaller the more people you meet. It's yes. just like, oh, there's connections everywhere. So Everybody knows everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's okay. really exciting. How did you get into the PR business? Yeah. I was a journalist for, gosh, I think I worked at The Observer for almost 12 years. So that's how I got to Charlotte was I took a job at the Charlotte Observer. And what were you writing about? Uh, when I left, I was writing about fashion. Oh, Mm-hmm. So not no food writing. No, at not at all. Mm-mm. I actually hired in as a page designer, and then worked my way through like a jillion jobs in the newsroom. I was a section editor for a while. I was the entertainment editor for a while, and then I was the fashion editor for, gosh, almost three years. I think uh, we had a. It seems like ages ago. It was literally ten years ago, but still. Um, we had a freestanding section. It published on Thursdays. There was a whole entire section in the paper that was dedicated to fashion, which is bananas. Yeah, they would. If you consider what the paper now. looks like now, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's why my husband and I moved to Charlotte. And um, so, how did you decide you wanted to go out on your own? Uh, that's a big step. It is a big step, and I never intended to actually do it. It just uh, kind of the economy. And my job changed. They, I was involunt- involuntarily taken to part-time, like right around 2008, 2009. And the observers were terrible. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say the observers not alone in this at all, but they had... We were in middle school, but... Yeah, no, see, no, I, we were I thought you were old. No, no, no. I, we graduated, we graduated college then, then, so it was the worst time to graduate college. Oh, wow. Yeah, couldn't okay. find a job for like, I couldn't for like two years. So. Yeah, <laughs> so uh, they didn't know what they wanted. Um, and I frankly got sick of crying at work and trying to please them. And so at that point they were still offering buyouts and I was like, they offered one maybe in like January, no, not January, maybe like June of that year. And I was like, they're probably going to do it again. And so I started thinking, I was just like, what, what do I got that I could do? And the, my favorite part of the job was kind of finding stories and storytelling and telling people about things that they might not already know about or cool things that I found. And so I thought, I, I bet I could, turn that into a job. So when they offered buyouts again, I took one and uh, was part of, I think, probably maybe the largest buyout in the Observer's history to that point. It was probably 35-ish, 40 people left the newsroom with me. And uh, I bought a laptop and that was it. Wow. Work expense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was Well, and that was part of the reason why I think I could convince my husband that I could do it. I was like, look it. 
This is my, I don't need to invest. uh, uh, I can buy literally a laptop and a desk from Ikea, and now I have a company. (laughs) So you're working out of your house. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so it grew, it was me by myself for quite some time, I'd say like three, four years-ish. Then I had some interns, then I had some part-time people. Lauren uh, Salas, who works with me, has been with me, gosh, seven years, I think. Um, Started off as an intern, then was part-time, and is now the account manager. We brought on uh, Kim Lawson, Part-time, she used to be the editor of Creative Loafing. Um, she has joined us, gosh, six-ish months ago um, as the social media editor. And now we're just, next week, we'll have two more people joining us. So we've grown. Wow. We've grown a lot. And you have an office. Small business. Still, yes. We do have an office. It's an Airstream trailer at Camp That's North That's right. End, oh. Which is actually pretty cool because... Uh, it, when I tell people to come to the trailer, I can't help but think of it. So, it sounds so redneck, but it's actually very cool. It's a silver, completely refurbished Airstream trailer that I didn't have to refurbish, which makes it even cooler. Yeah, how'd you find that? Um, where'd you buy it? It's not mine. I don't own it. I rent it. Okay. From the people who, Atco is the development company that is um, developing. Because that's right next to Huda yeah. has a studio there. Mm-hmm. It's not right there, but um, do you know where the boiler yard is and the event space at Camp North End? I've never been. I've only been out. one what? time. I know. It's crazy. I'm well, I you missed your opening event. Out. And I, it's seriously like, I, I, I see, it I, is really I feel cool. like I have because everyone posts it all the time and it looks so fun. But yeah, I went it's, on, uh, I'm on the board for Junior Achievement and they just yeah. did a big thing there. So yeah, the, I um, went out there. The campus is pretty pretty incredible. It's 76 acres. So um, the Junior Achievement Building faces Graham Street, and where I am is closer to Statesville. So basically, it is a 76-acre chunk of land between Graham and Statesville, and it's pretty spacious. Like, I could probably walk to Junior Achievement, but it would take me a minute, yeah. you know? like It's huge. Yeah. yeah. And you so, have a but, good view of the Jewish cemetery. <laughs> is that the one that's across Statesville? Yeah. Um, somebody else was telling me like, oh, you got to go walk around in there. It's incredible. I love cemeteries anyway, but, uh, <laughs> the Jews, they know how to do a good cemetery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like as soon as a Jew moves into a place, they buy their plot. Oh really? Yeah. To, because you can never be, you know, you never know when you're going to die. Do your parents <laughs> have ahead. plots? Oh yeah, of course. Do I you? think they bought my plots already. Oh my God. Yeah. I don't know if they bought, they're not sure about you yet. Yeah. So. You're we'll still <laughs> I was going to say. Where will I go? Well, I found out you can't get, cause I converted you can't be cremated in the jewish faith and that's what i always wanted because that just creeps me out a little less mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. so i didn't realize that yeah but so if there's no plot for me i guess i'll just stick with my cremation plan and anger <laughs> god but <laughs> yeah isn't that crazy so many rules no tattoos or you can't be buried in the jewish cemetery really so maybe that's, that's why i don't have a plot <laughs> do you have tattoos i do i got one little like one that i regret horribly I actually heard, this is funny, so at work yesterday I heard people talking about like how awful it is when people have those uh, ugly like, um, like tramp you know. stamps. Well, it's not a tramp stamp, but it's like, it's like a, a Chinese symbol where they don't know what it means. And like, it might say like, I guess Ariana Grande has one that says like, I don't know. Like turkey hamburger or something yes, like that. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, so I, I have one of those. <laughs> it's not a tramp stamp, but it's very embarrassing. And I'd like to. Do you know what it says? No. I mean, who knows? I think it's, it's, well, this is even, got it. So I wanted like the Leo symbol. That was, I was underage. I was like, Basically, so I didn't ask a lot of questions. I was like 16 and the guy wasn't asking. And so I was like, I was like, I want a Leo symbol. And he was like, I don't know what that is. And he was like ready to walk away and leave. And then I saw you could do like the Chinese symbol for fire. You know, it's a fire sign. So I maybe have 
that, but it honestly probably says something totally different. I'd love to get it lasered away. It probably says stupid fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this dumb bitch. <laughs> I have a bunch of tattoos, but none of them are in foreign languages. Do it's you? Just, yeah. Yeah. See, that's a, you never know, right? Because like, unless it's on your face, which you know it shouldn't be. Right. My husband's <laughs> in Las Vegas right now, and I was like, hey, just don't come back like with a face tattoo. <laughs> that's my only request. <laughs> yeah. No face tattoo. Have fun. And I'm sure it'll be a blast. Just no yeah. facial tattoos. Thanks. That well, would not we'll, be my Vegas request. We'll wait till your next <laughs> podcast episode to see yeah, what, what tattoo. If he came back with a big, like, uh, <laughs> tribal tattoo on his face, yeah, yeah that'd be awesome. <laughs> Every time Jason goes to Vegas, I'm just like, no chlamydia. That's it. It's my only request. Oh, <laughs> See, but I already, ha- I already have chlamydia, so <laughs> <laughs> joke's on her. <laughs> um, just kidding. I don't have chlamydia, people. Not yet. <laughs> Not till next Not, Vegas trip. Yeah. yeah. I never get, I feel like men go to Vegas alone a lot. <laughs> I'm never invited. You've been invited to Vegas. You said you didn't want to go. No. I actually don't really like Vegas. No, I've been once and I was like, I'm good. I feel like the same way I've been. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. It's not something that I would want to use. Like because you don't like to gamble. On. You don't no. like to gamble, and I don't. I don't really. If you don't like to gamble, and very good food in Vegas. I don't like though. Cirque du Soleil. See, I feel like the it, it was. A, it's been a while since I've been, but the food I ate there was good, but not like oh my god, I can't get this anyplace else. It's so magical. I feel like they do a lot of chains there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like you can really go get like no, the but real all the deal. good chefs have a place now. Yeah, but it's like but it's a, is it the best version of what they do? No, or but is they it the Vegas but, version. The thing is, instead of like New York or LA, it's a lot cheaper to live in Vegas, so the chefs can have a better lifestyle, and plus, it's more corporate. Well, do you think they're actually there, though? I don't. No, I'm. I'm like just talking. Tom Clicio's uh, got restaurants in Vegas, but I'm no, not feeling like he's no, there. No, no, but the, the, no, no, staff, the head guy. I mean. yeah. yeah, I'm talking about the okay. staff, so they can attract good talent to run. Oh, that's true. Like, you know, if Dave Chang opens up a restaurant, he's not there. He hires a head chef to true. do that, but it's easier to find talent plus you're working it over in the hotel that has a lot of mm-hmm. money behind it so it's it made sense in a way the, that'd be a good pr you should get a hotel like <laughs> in a vegas, vegas in vegas sure <laughs> yeah. i'll get right on that. i'll put yeah. i'll put in a good word awesome <laughs> okay so when you went out on your own mm-hmm. how did you get your first client that was gonna be mine that's such a good question no, i asked the question um, okay. my you. first client was actually someone who was a source for me as oh um, like a deep, deep throat? throat. Oh <laughs> no! You know, keep in mind it was fashion, so uh, it was fashion in Charlotte. It definitely in, could have been in, deep throat, uh, like the mid two thousand, so uh, like two thousand nine. So there wasn't a lot of intrigue other than. So what was the fashion scene like back then? Um, a lot of red hats. No, <laughs> no. But uh, cowboy. Boots. Speaking of, of reader feedback, there was always a lot of very interesting reader feedback. Oh, sure. Charlotte was trying. To have more of a fashion scene, and I don't know. We've we've my husband and I've been in Charlotte long enough now. We've been here twenty years, so we've seen it change tremendously. So we moved here. I I used to go home to Detroit for the first three years. We lived here to get my hair cut because I was like, "There's no one here who can cut my <laughs> yeah, hair." Yeah, I don't trust anyone in this. My whole mom city. <laughs> used to buy me Kiehl's products and ship them down because I couldn't get them anywhere yeah, here, wow. which is ridiculous. So um, it, the the fashion scene back then was had gotten. Better. Uh, Capital was in the mix. Uh, Laura Vunertpool is has always been like a force to be reckoned with, and um, has really elevated people's sense of style. And I think it's it's only grown since then. But my first client was actually Jeffrey Scott of Jeffrey Scott Apothecary, which is on Providence Road, right next to the Manor Theater. It's a uh, 
beauty store, like a you know they do hair and um, yes, hair and makeup. I've seen it. And he and I were out to lunch one day, and I was like whining about my job, and I don't know what I'm gonna do. And he was like, "I'd pay you to do my PR." And I was like, "Really? Huh? Okay." And so I, the, uh, like sold. literally, that was it. Like he did, planted the seed, and and then I started thinking about, okay, what would that look like? What would that be? What would that, you know? Because then, social media, like it wasn't an Instagram no, scene at that point. No, 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 not at all. Um, but storytelling is kind of universal and necessary as you grow a business. Um, you know, there's a lot of incoming traffic that comes to you just through, you know, positive word of mouth, that kind of stuff. But in, unless you're kind of in control of your story as a brand or as a business and identifying ways that you can further that, um, it doesn't just happen organically. So I think he was on, we got him on Twitter and Facebook. He was our, he was, besides being our first client, he was a great example of somebody who knew he probably needed to be on social media, but had absolutely no desire to do it himself. So we were coming up with, we, it was me at that point, coming up with content plans, deciding what to put on Twitter and Facebook, which was it at the time, um, pitching him for TV segments, trying to get him in magazines, that kind of stuff. And then it just kind of grew from there. We um, worked a lot with boutiques, uh, kind of some lifestyle brands, and it grew very organically over those first couple of years. And I don't even remember when we started deciding that we wanted to focus on food. I bet it was we helped do the P- – we did the PR for when OMB, Old Mecklenburg Brewery, moved from their old location oh, to their new big I one. I remember that. And remember um, that day. We did all that was of the before PR. your time. Yeah, I don't think I was living here then. Really? Okay. Yeah, no. So, so they were, that was where like were they 2012, before? They were where Sugar Creek is now. Oh, like right down so the they street. just moved down the street. Right, but they went from a, a relatively small brewery to yeah. what was then an eight-acre facility. I think it's now it's like 10 or 11 acres. Yeah, um, but we did the PR for that. And so it was, you know, a, a fairly thought-out plan we had uh some uh, like st- staggered press releases, or there was a very, there was a strategy in place, and um, it was huge. Besides the fact that the venue is huge, um, the the ROI on the back end, their sales went through the roof like almost immediately, and they every it was just it was a very very big deal. And that, I think that probably was the moment when Lauren was with me at that point, and we were kind of like. I kind of dig this. Like, this is cool. This like food and food and bev industry. Like, we'd want to do more of this. And so that became kind of the place where we decided we would like to focus our. And at that point too, we had not really been going after clients. Most of our work was word of mouth. And so that was kind of when we turned and decided we're going to start identifying people that we want to work with and going after them. You picked the perfect time. I mean, that was really right when the food scene was. Yeah, that was the birth of the. That was. That was the first brewery. I would, I would say right? like uh, late Gothic period in Charlotte, <laughs> like cuss of the Renaissance. Yes, absolutely. Yes. They, just, um, yeah. they were absolutely the first brewery in Charlotte, but then, uh, so they opened, if Birdsong opened in 2011, I bet. Because Birdsong was number two, right? Uh, two or three, I think Noda, it depends. They, they were like right, and there was another one that has that closed. Uh, Four Friends, I think. Yeah. That uh, it was like Noda, Birdsong, and I think Four Friends is what it was called. We're like right on, on top of each other. And then I think maybe Triple C came after that. Yeah. But Birdsong is the, th- I think we say they're the third oldest. So probably OMB, Noda, and Birdsong. Are you still working with OMB? Mm-mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, we ended that relationship, uh, gosh, I guess that might have been four years ago because we've been with Birdsong for... 
two, almost three years, I think. So you can't be with both, I, I guess. mean, you probably could. There's yeah. people in town who work for, you know, uh, places within the same industry. I just choose not to because it just adds another le- level of complication. You know, well, like, awkward. why am I getting that but not this? And yeah. um, most yeah. of our clients don't act like that anyway. But um, Birdsong is a good example of kind of the what the power of PR can do, like actual PR, not just social media outreach. Um, we approached them and they were like, we don't really know why people aren't really talking about us. And I was like, well, are you telling them anything? <laughs> and they were like, well, no. And I was like, okay, well then let's start there. Like, what, what do you want to talk? What do you want people to talk about birdsong about? And, um, so we identified some stuff, you know, they're unfiltered. They're just, they're just different from all the other breweries in town for, they don't have, we don't do the talk about this a lot, but like they don't have TVs in their tap room. Hmm. Um, that's like an intentional that. choice yes. because people talk more. <laughs> yes. They want people to talk. Yeah. Um, they, uh, their beers tend to be a little bit more culinarily influenced. The head brewer and one of the owners are Johnson and Wales grads. They met while they were working at a great harvest, uh, Bread. bakery. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that kind of stuff. And then they just do stuff a little bit differently. And it, it helps uh, us tell their story. Like they have solar array on the roof. So they generate their own solar power. Um, I mean, there's just uh, that kind of stuff. Most people wouldn't know about that unless... You have to tell them. Right. Like, you know, I have to let people know, hey... People, people don't climb up on the roof and say, oh, that's <laughs> right. a solar panel. Well, there's that. And then, um, you know, identifying goals. So... Everybody in Charlotte knows birdsong for the most part. Um, so how can we extend that reach just a little bit outside of mm-hmm. Charlotte? Um, their distribution is limited to North and South Carolina, and that's exactly the way they want it. Um, but that doesn't mean that they don't want notoriety outside of Charlotte. So how do we do that? Well, we find out who's writing about beer outside of Charlotte, either on a regional or national scale, and then make sure that they know what birdsong is doing. Wow. So So that's what I do. So how do you measure, like, what's your most important metric as far as the success of what you're... I think it depends on the client. For clients that we do kind of traditional pitch-based PR and social media, we, well, for all of our clients, we do monthly analytics reports. So whatever we can measure, we do, just because I want to know that what we're doing is making sense and moving the needle. Um, in theory, I want at least two media placements a month for each client, but some months we get way more than that, and other months we get none, so it all kind of evens out. <clears throat> but we work from, uh, we set goals with our clients, and they drive them, and then if there's, if I don't want to say if there's not enough, but if it, you know, we have some ideas too, like, well, hey, why don't we try this, or why don't we do this? Um, We'll kind of work together, and then we just keep track and make sure that we're hitting those goals. Jason was saying that he loves Birdsong. What do you love so much about Birdsong? I just think their beer's the best. Thank you. I yeah. agree. I mean, they have one. They have the I, best I think they flavors. still do it, Puppies and Penguins. Mm-hmm. That's like cherry vanilla, and that's one of mm-hmm. the best beers I've ever had. Yay. Yeah, we like anything that's fruity on the beer spectrum. <laughs> that's going to be our go-to. Mm-hmm. We don't think what else. Yeah. Have you guys tried Pink Robots? It's a sour. No, that was like, yeah, they're new like one, right? I do like a good right? sour. Honestly, uh, we don't drink a lot of beer. Mm-hmm. We're not beer people, really. No, but when we when we do. But when we do. Yeah, it's birds. I don't always drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went, um, you put on a great event with the Charlotte Food Bloggers where we paired beer and desserts. 
Mm-hmm. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. And it was the uh, my favorite kind of event to plan as a BR person because I learned too. Like I'm constantly learning from my clients and that's a great example. Like I would have no idea how to pair. Yeah. I, I can tell stories all day long and tell you what you should know about them, but I don't actually like, I don't tell restaurants how to run their business. That's why I'm saying, that's why people should have PR. But like if you're going to hire PR, you need to listen to what they tell you because... Yeah, it's you have to Sounds be. Sounds like we need to, to hire her for our PR. I know. I was thinking, like, what do we want? Like, because we kind of have that same discussion. Like, why don't more people know about Sky and Pancake? And you're kind of like, what, what, do, what, what are you, you telling tell them? them? And it's no, like, but you guys do stickers, which I think is uh, st- stickers. I love. Do you think stickers. so? You think that's wor- like a worthwhile? Because uh, I'm yeah. not sure. Uh, well, first of all, stickers are crazy cheap. They are so cheap. It's almost like why not do right. a sticker? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you know for smart, well, for Smart Mouth Life, my podcast, we don't have business cards. It actually never occurred to me to get a business card. But the very first thing I ordered with stickers and it has our logo and our URL tucked right underneath yes. and we were at uh, Donna and I were at a podcast meetup or something and some guy was like well do you have a business card and I was like uh, no but I do have a sticker and then I whipped out a sticker and handed it to him and he was kind of like what the no I love stickers love yeah, people tell, well yeah. tell the story about our sticker we had yesterday yeah um, someone was in Florence at this restaurant called not South Carolina yeah <laughs> The other Florence, <laughs> Firenze, and uh, someone's at a steak restaurant called La Giostra, and they didn't even follow us so because they followed us after, which is really strange. So they they posted us and said, like, we just spotted scallion pancake in Florence, and then they started following us. So it's like, that was weird on a couple of levels. First of all, such a small world that they would mm-hmm. see the sticker and recognize it, and also, like... If they weren't following us, like they, so people must know about us without following us, which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. too. So, yeah, so I guess the stickers are, are working. They're really huge in Florence. Yeah, really big <laughs> on one block in Florence. Really? <laughs> Everywhere I go, uh, we were just in Charleston for a Charleston food and wine with, uh, Chef Greg Collier and Lofton Cellar. That's and right. I, I take my stickers everywhere we go. I take uh, my RSC stickers and now my Smart Mouth Life stickers. And every place I see, if I see a lot of stickers on a wall, I'm like, oh, we need to put some here. Yeah, and then no, I take we a need picture. Because yep. like you said, they're so cheap. I mean, they're like 50 How bucks you for not? 500. Sticker Mule and their evil emails that are like, yeah. hey, <laughs> you can get another 50 for like two bucks. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we keep ordering like a thousand and then we've changed our logo or like we got that went from .net to .com. So like basically we have like thousands of old stickers but again like what is it it's ten dollars mm-hmm. so it doesn't yeah. what's really money matter. <laughs> yeah <laughs> money is no object. okay what's the biggest like if you look back when you started what's your biggest mistake you made that you would go back and change that's a very good question um i would say from a business perspective yeah okay i would say i am a cpa so i like to know things um dollars and cents <laughs> no, not necessarily that, about running the business. Um, I would say, well, this was not a mistake, but it's something that I would say if you're considering starting a small business, absolutely hire someone to set you up properly from a legal standpoint. Yes. That's... Like have somebody write contracts for you. Uh, my very first expense besides legal stuff was hiring an accountant because you have to know your strengths and weaknesses and uh, accounting is absolutely a weakness for me. Um, but I would say my biggest mistake is probably... Um, paying too much attention to what other people are doing mm. and having that drive my decisions from a business standpoint rather than just being like, okay, this is my, you know, and you can always adjust, like this is my plan and this is my goal and this is what we're going to do. But instead, like social media is a is absolutely a blessing and a curse. I love it, but at the same time, I also 
fucking hate it. Oh, me too. Because me too. You're always like, well, oh, why? Why are they? Well, this doing just that? became explicit. Yeah. <laughs> why are <laughs> they <laughs> doing that? Why did they get that? Why didn't this post is so good? Why did it get this right. many likes? Uh, and then someone else. That's a terrible picture, right. and that's not good content. Right. Well, we talked about that all the time. Like, why do you care what other people think or say or do? Right. It's it's stupid. very hard. I think part of it is human nature, but at <laughs> yeah. the same time, yeah. I always have to remind myself. Uh, we don't, any social media account that we run, it is all completely organic. We don't put money behind anything. We don't do anything like that. And every time I see somebody getting like a jillion likes or a million followers or whatever, I have to be like, for fuck's sake, how is this happening? And then I have to remind myself, oh, they paid for it. They had to have paid for it. And, And I can't do accounting to save my life, but I can do some Instagram math. Um, it is not that hard to figure out when someone has bought followers. When overnight you're going from 2,000 to 12,000, I'm curious. But then <laughs> if you, uh, so there's that, but then if you go and look at their engagement per yes. post, oh my God. So if you have 12,000 followers and you are getting like less than 100 likes per photo, yes. there's yeah, something uh, wrong. There's something, there's something wrong. Comments too, mm-hmm. and just, yeah, whether or not it's authentic and yep. So, yeah, going back to, I'll just climb right up on the PR soapbox. So if I had one message for folks in the, in the food and beverage industry, that would be, uh, there's a big, big difference between PR and social media. And I think a full social or a full PR strategy or plan includes social media, but standalone social media is not going to have the same effect as a comprehensive PR strategy. Um, somebody that I used to work with at the observer, um, posted on LinkedIn this morning. I thought, oh, that's very appropriate. He said, uh, oh, now I have to go find it. Hold on. Shoot, I thought I could remember it, but I can't. Okay, just make it up. <laughs> a, a wise man once he said. Yeah, using, Albert Einstein once uh, said. This is actually Jeff Elder, who I used to work with at The Observer, and now he's doing all sorts of things on the West Coast for a bunch of tech tech firms and stuff like that, but he said, using social media primarily to drive traffic is like hooking a racehorse to a plow. <laughs> and that's exactly... True. So, um, so what else do you do? Help us <laughs> without for free. No, um, <laughs> Give well, us a hint. you know, I think there's a lot of it goes back to my roots as a journalist and kind of storytelling and pitching. What makes you different? That's the big one. Uh, what makes you different and where could you possibly leverage your brand to turn up the volume on it for, you know, for lack of a better fancy sounding terms? Um, I think especially in the culinary industry, when you're talking about chefs and even owners to some extent, most of them have a fair amount of ego, but they can't quite get right with talking about their aspirations or their success. Like it feels almost like they're selling out, like, you know, to, ha- to hire someone to do their PR or to go on TV and talk about their stuff. They want it, but they don't necessarily want to say that they want it, but there is no way to grow your brand better than talking about what you do. And I actually struggle with it too myself. Like, so I've had, I've put myself on TV to promote Smart Mouth Life and I hate every fucking second of it. I hate it. See, that would be me too. Jason always says like, why don't you put yourself out there more? I'm like, well, I'm shy. I don't want to, but you really just have to. It's just like You just anything. have to do it. Like suck it up. It. Like Donna yeah. loves it because Donna does theater. And so like she is totally right, so at ease in front of the it. camera. But see, that's yeah. the weird thing is Yvonne did theater. I did, but I, I hated it. It was the same way. <laughs> like, so every time before, like, I would... She loves uh, drama, but she hates it. Yeah, I know. I do love that would, drama. That would be your... Uh, 
That'd be your Bravo tagline. I was just saying that'd be your Real Housewives tagline. Yeah. I love drama, but I hate it. Yeah, for sure. Let's see. Yeah, so I hate theater, but I love drama. But you know what? You have to. You have to. If you want it to be successful <laughs> yeah. and you want it to grow, you have to put yourself out there and do it. And you have to do it in a way that's strategic and has some thought. So, my goal when we put ourselves on TV for Smart Moth Life is so that more people know about the podcast. And people would tell yeah. us if they think they know somebody who should be on it, you know, like that kind of stuff. I think that's still huge, like those new spots, because you're going to reach a lot of people who you're not reaching the other ways. Like- right. I know a lot of people kind of put look down their nose at TV, but from a PR perspective, uh, PR is, or um, TV is really kind of perfect because you are reaching an audience that you might not, um, might not already interact with. You're also creating a clip that you can use to populate your social mm. media and you are building your portfolio of clips. So if you were going to put together, like, you know, Instagrammers do this all the time or, or food bloggers do this where they've got their little press kit that says, this is mm-hmm. how much I reach, blah, blah, blah. You could also have a section that said, this is where I've been featured. I've been on WCNC. I've been, you know. That's so, a legitimacy, mm-hmm. I think, that a lot of other Absolutely. And so if you're don't. trying to get to that next level, say, so you've kind of mastered all of Charlotte media, and then you want to, whatever you're doing, you want it to have an impact regionally, then you can say, hey, local palette or garden and gun, you know, I've done X, Y, and Z. Here's why you should look at me because I've already done, you know, it just adds more credibility. Well, we, Jason, you should go on TV because... <laughs> You're so charismatic. <laughs> God. Uh, uh, you're right. It's only four minutes, for real. It goes by before well, you even realize does it. Does it not seem long? Okay. No. All right. Mm-mm. And like I tell all my clients who I put on TV, uh, and I happily stand behind the camera and take pictures of them, um, <laughs> you know your subject matter better than anybody else. Like there's just no way that you, whoever you're talking to is going to know more about what you're talking about than you do. So, because I'm sure they all ask you to go on for them. No, <laughs> they don't. Oh, no, yeah. that's not an option. <laughs> yeah. If, you don't if, if I have choice. to go on TV, then it's not going to happen. <laughs> so, no, that's a, that's kind of a non negotiable. There's got to be somebody in your business that can, uh, who's so, willing. Right. So, usually we have, uh, we, that's one of the first things we do when we onboard a client is identify who would be the person that we would put on TV. And if that person isn't available, who else would we put on TV? So, how do you Face get them the on TV? How do we get on TV? Who do I have to call? <laughs> That's why you need to hire PR. Oh, <laughs> I think I love. That. I think I think we need it. Sold. I think we've decided. Stallion Pancakes already had a big loss. Yeah, we it's are. It's like you know how rich We're people spending. have vineyards. Yeah. You know, we have your, the, your podcast is your vineyard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a money losing venture. We put yeah. all of our love into. <laughs> yeah, uh, now that we are uh, Donna and I are just into uh, kind of just barely dipping our toe into the podcast pool. Um, it's uh, it's not been free, and no. I think if it has, if we had done it, um, I don't want to say more cost effectively because we certainly aren't just like flinging money everywhere. Um, I think it would have been harder to ramp up uh, as fast as we did. But I told her we can even pay for it now, or we can pay for it later. At some point, we're going to have to pay. So I would rather just start out out of the gates. You got to put some money into right. it, right? Yeah, even the studio. Well, time. and that actually goes back to PR too, which is. You can't just sit back and kind of wait for this stuff to happen to you. Um, you, yeah, exactly. You, you have to it's one one in a million. You know, you're right. always waiting for that. Someone winning the lottery, yeah, it could happen, but you're not yeah. going to win the yeah. lottery. And if you truly, truly care about what it is, whatever it is that you're doing, you have to invest in, be willing to invest in it, and make sure that you are giving it as many chances as, or you know, the best chances you can. 
when you're doing so many great things that you are spending a lot of money on, why not spend a little bit more just to let people mm-hmm. know about it? I mean, it's almost a no brainer. Right. But I know I'm sure it's hard when you're already, you know, so expensive to right. run a restaurant. Right. It's mm-hmm. like, I, I really can't spend another whatever, but. But as I say, if you, uh, you know, we do case studies about our stuff. We won a, a PRSA award for the work that we've done with Birdsong. And I think the, the case study I wrote for that one, I think it was for, it must've been for the work in 2017 to 2018. Um, their sales went up 20%. And, you know, I can't wow. take full credit for that, but over the course of, you know, we aspire to have two press hits a month and X, Y, and Z, um, I think our goal was, I guess, 24. We had like 36. Or I mean, it, it was, we track it to make sure that we can say this is where the value is. And um, also for Rachel Southern Communications, we typically have really good client retention Usually if somebody comes on, they stay with us for a while, which I think speaks to the fact that they see value in what we do and that we're, we're doing it well. So no reason to switch. Well, now you have Greg Collier. Am I saying that right? I always yes. hate saying his name. Okay. Greg Collier. 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 Oh, sorry. It's Collier. <laughs> I wrote this whole blog post on Loft and Cellar, and I spelled his name wrong, and I had to go back and change it in every mention because, I don't know, it's just hard for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I work, we work with Loft and Cellar, which has been um, a lot of fun, too. And huge. has gotten even more fun they needed since a lot of he help. got a uh, James Beard nomination, which was crazy. Literally, like I went amazing. to yoga class. Like I think it was like on a Thursday. I went to yoga, and I came. I leave my phone outside in the hallway, and I came out of yoga, and my phone was like blowing up, like in my hand. And I was getting texts from Kim and Lauren, and they're like, "Did you see this? Did you know about this?" And finally, I just called him in the car, and I was like, "How did you not tell me about this?" And he was like, "I didn't know." So was he so yeah, excited? Awesome. Oh yeah, he was very very excited, and He's um, so nice. I'm super excited for him too because he is an example of someone who does not take his position in the culinary industry and this honor lightly yes. at all. He is very much an advocate for more representation of people of color in the culinary world, and he uh, takes it very seriously. His his ability now to kind of take a bunch of people along with him as he journeys to the top. And um, I just think it's super admirable. He's really willing to say things that a lot of people might say kind of behind closed doors or just kind of mm-hmm. like, mm, this should probably yeah. change. And he was like, no, it will. Yeah. And, and I will I will make the change happen. It's so like fearless. And his food is so damn good. I was going to say, and then his oh. food is freaking amazing. So, yeah. And, yeah, and Lofton Cellar, we went there before he was in charge. Yeah, it, and was, it was not good. Shit not show. Good. I mean, it was terrible. I mean, it really was. And mm-hmm. and now, I mean, just Very what he's good. done there, it's amazing. Right. And uh, so we went to Charleston Food and Wine with him, and uh, it was crazy because he also, he loves what he does so much that he just wants to do all the things. He had like four or five demonstration events wow. over the course of like four days. He allowed me to put him on TV in Charleston, which sounded like a really great idea until we realized that it was like... At we had to be there at like nine thirty on Thursday morning, but we weren't leaving. We didn't go down Wednesday night, so he and his wife Sabrina and I got up at like four a.m. on Thursday oh, morning and drove there. But he morning. was still he's very very good on camera too. But um, it was just a lot of fun and it was so cool to watch people. We respond. need to get him on the podcast. Yes. I would love it. Oh, you need. It to was I wonder. So, I wonder who we can figure I know, out. I, I know. know somebody you can talk to about that. <laughs> um, it was very cool to watch people respond to his food because they were legit freaking out, blown away. Like, yeah. no, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Charlotte, his, right? His Tennessee fries. Oh, wow. are so good. From the I've Yolk. been going to the mm-hmm. Yolk for because yeah, I, it used to my be my office is in Rock yeah. Hill. 
Oh, so, I know. Now he's, so we're sad that it closed, but, but we're happy for him. But it's close to our house. We just but, haven't been to the new yeah, one. But. Yeah, it's the, so um, the 7th Street uh, yeah. Uptown Yoke is always, always busy. Always. Well, it's got to be the... It's, the best thing in there now. But when we went to Lofton Cellar, <laughs> he came out to Todd and he had this huge vat of orange juice that he was drinking out of. Like, like one of those. It was like, like a gallon. It was like one of those like plastic prep containers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he was just and he drinking, was just out drinking out of that. orange juice out of a huge vat. And he like, came up and he was just, there was no pretension. He was just like, right. so what'd you guys think? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he was just really talking to us mm-hmm. and it wasn't like. Yeah, there's uh, no, I was going to say no pretension is uh, perfect. It, it's. He is he is who he is, and he's never he's never going to change. He's never going to be you know fancy kind of white linen. Yes, I mean he, even his upscale food that he's doing at Lofton Cellar is still very humble and true to kind of who he is. And at uh, Charleston Food and Wine, have you guys had his um, fried chicken skins? No, and like Chrissy Beth told us about them, and also I saw Kathleen Purvis like. Did you bring her some? Is that what did I she did? Post she that? Um, so she the last article she wrote before she left the Observer was yeah, about it was uh, yes, it was about Sweet Lou's and um, Lofton Cellar. So it was about like fried things, and then yes. she was like, "Peace out, I'm done." <laughs> and uh, then she went and had knee replacement. And so I, um, she and I were friends back in the day at the Observer, and have you know stayed pretty good friends. And so I told Greg, I was like, "Hey, I want to take Purvis some food," and he was like, "Okay." Uh, he made her some sweet potato bisque, which is incredible, and mm. then uh, her own little personal stash of fried chicken skins. And um, I went and visited her. She was still not up and around, and I was mm. like, I don't need to hang. I'm just going to drop this stuff for you. And then she posted a picture of chicken skins, but they are truly um, insane. And he went through at Charleston Food and Wine 40 pounds of chicken skins in about an hour and a half at this one event. And it was because people kept coming back. And I was like, you need to break them smaller. You know, yeah, make, right. the, <laughs> make the portion smaller, you're going to run out. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> then they eventually did run out. But people were just going bananas. It's like um, it's like a, a cracker or a french fry, but it's really good. I'm like dying. I want them right now. Like, they're I don't they're know not going anywhere. Wait. They're on the new menu for spring too. So I was going to say, okay, because I know you have an event with them coming up. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so that's a really cool client that you have. Mm-hmm. Um What's another like new client or someone you really enjoy working with? We are working with Max and Lola Bodega. Yes, in the South End. We haven't been there yet. It's right across from our favorite place, yeah, <laughs> Bardo. Bardo. We love Bardo. I have not been to Bardo. Oh, oh we need to go. Dear Dinner Lord. date. I've heard lots and lots of good things, and actually. Um, Chef, is it Mike Knoll? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was down. At, so the CRVA was the one that organized uh, the bulk of all this stuff at yeah, he Charleston was at, Food and Wine. He was there, but I think he was there on Sunday, and I yeah. had to leave Sunday morning to get back home. So, so you didn't get to meet him yet? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah. Well, he's he's amazing. But we always look at Max and Lola, and it looks, first of all, like it's always very busy, and I'm always intrigued about what they have going on. So what their it's sandwiches? Primarily, no, it's primarily a bottle shop. Uh, okay. They do beer and wine. Um, they do uh, cocktails. They also sell a lot of CBD products. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... I guess technically they don't sell CBD cocktails, but they sell CBD in a way that you can add it to anything. It's CBD water, so you can add it to anything that that they serve there. I just read that that now there's this rule where you Ugh. have to add it yourself. It's so stupid. It's uh, I mean, that's honestly. like a whole another episode. <laughs> is kind of yeah. like the government involvement yeah. in North Carolina. This big again. kind of gray area. It's legal, but it's not. And um, yeah, well, um, and I mean, really, like not just CBD. The whole thing should be legal. I mean, let's. Right. This is so ridiculous that we're having this. Uh, why don't you keep CBD. your political thoughts <laughs> off the pod? Well, so you crazy liberal. It's sad because I really wanted to like CBD and I spent a lot of money on it. And it's like, 
It's not it not a my dad. Right off, though. It like it like cured my dad's arthritis. The dogs like it really helped them. It didn't really seem to help me. I don't know if I didn't have a high enough dose. So right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of education too that is a is needs to be done because there's a big. It, it, to me, it's a problem if you can drive down Providence Road, for example, and there's a gas station with a sign up front that says CBD for sale here. Mm-hmm. Why would you buy CBD at a gas station? Right, like the quality Why? of it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like what is I, this? I can't imagine that they're, you know, spending a lot of time vetting the vendors that they're getting, right. that kind of stuff. So You can buy your meth there. Right. But wouldn't buy your CBD right. there. You got to draw yeah. a line somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to be so, serious about that. Um, your kids are here. Cover your ears. Sorry. Don't oh, my gosh. Your, don't buy your don't meth Don't worry. They're anywhere. not listening. It's fine. <laughs> Yes, Rachel has her two lovely teenage children here with yeah, us. And they're I, just on their phones, like good teenagers. I know. Yeah. I was like, I'll get you on the Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah. But you don't need to use up my data. Okay. Yeah. Are you guys on AOL uh, <laughs> chats? Like what we used to do? They're no, like, but when you were talking that? about Snapchat. They're shaking our heads. Uh, uh, they were like, wow. I don't even know what that is. When yeah. you were talking about Snapchat, I was like, oh, that is where the young people are. Yeah, I, I have it, but I don't like it. But my son convinced me to let him have a Snapchat because he said people don't have time to text anymore. Yeah, exactly. It's so true. <laughs> Texting is how emailing. They only Who have time, time to snap. Who only old time? people text. Come on. Exactly. <laughs> That's so crazy. Just like those really old people who insist on calling you on the phone. What? Yeah. Who does that? Okay, I don't that know. it's insane. that I hate. Yeah. I don't like anyone calling me on the phone, especially no. if you don't text me first. I'm I'm offended, <laughs> and I won't answer. That's when you know it's really serious. Like if yes. you get a phone call, ooh, I'm like, are you someone's dying? in trouble? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah my dad called me at six a.m. the other day. And I thought, like, he had died. But no, he just wanted to know a good brunch place in South End. And you're like, mm-hmm. at 6 a.m. You, you could text me. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, this is all, these are all things that could be handled over 6 a.m. Bernard. He's not a listener, so it's fine. Um, well, that's really cool, Max and Lola. So is it named after their dogs, right? Yes. there's dogs on the sign. Yes. Okay. And they have now a fully fenced uh, patio area. So if you have dogs, what? you can go and chill and your dogs will not get out. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Frankie's not allowed what to What if we want house. our dogs to get out? <laughs> <laughs> then you could go sit in the front part and be like, oh, no, I let go of the leash. Oh, wow. Oh, dear. I just saw one Later. of your tattoos. You have your logo. Yes. On your wrist. I, I love that. That was for five years. And uh, my mom was like, what, um, what are you going to do if your logo changes? And I was like, uh, I talk a lot. It's like a word bubble. Yeah. Uh, it's part of my logo. So I was like, it'll be fine. It could still work. Yeah. So are you going to get scallion pancake tattooed on your face, Jason? Um, the pug? There you go. You could do it like right up by the corner of your eye, really small. So yeah. it's oh. like a tear. Yes. <laughs> the first pug that I kill, I'll do that for sure. <laughs> How many pugs do you guys have? Well, two. Uh, at this moment, two. But that could change. But any second. when we go to Max and Lola's, <laughs> there might be one. No, oh. um, one of them's like 14, and he's like, he just stumbles around the room, blind Aww. and confused. Yes, we love, we love him. We though. love him very much. <laughs> but yeah, we, I don't know. His days are numbered. We're not sure. Wow, <laughs> we're all we're all dying, really. Yeah, really. No, I'll, I'll probably go. I was before. gonna say this morning. I was just yelling at my children about how no one wants to take care of our dogs. So I was like, maybe I should just find them new homes. But if I did, I would be very sad. No, so. I know. It's like you don't. They drive me crazy. We have an English yeah. Springer Spaniel, and then we oh. have like a Bichon Havanese who is like eight pounds, but acts like he's like 50. Oh, those are my favorite. Yes. <laughs> he's such a loud mouth and it's like, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and no one wants to deal with them. And anyway. But you don't want to not have them. Right. That's the thing. Right. I know. Like whenever we're on vacation, we're like, it's nice to not have the dogs, but really if it comes down to taking care of them or not having mm-hmm. them, we just mm-hmm. want to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Last night, so the one dog, the older dog can't always sleep through the night now without going th- to Aww. the bathroom. And 
I'm not going to do it. So I, <laughs> I'm like, Jason, wake up. <laughs> he has to go out. And you did it. It was very Aww. nice. You're such a good puppy dad. He is. I will get no credit for it. I don't know. I'm preparing you. just got you. some credit. Yeah, yeah I credit. did, but like, it's not really credit. <laughs> he I wants a ticker tape parade. <laughs> that actually sounds very nice. <laughs> that would work. Have you ever yeah. done a ticker tape parade for any of your clients? I have not. <laughs> I'm trying to think what we have done, though. Oh, well, we yeah, what's a- the craziest thing, PR thing you've done? I'm not real big on like stunts just for the sake of stunts, but because um, if you ever need a streaker, a streaker. <laughs> oh, we were. I was gonna say. So here's just a small glimpse into like the life of Rachel Sutherland and her children, who she swears at and doesn't uh, manage properly. We were watching Ridiculousness this morning, and there was a whole section on streakers. So um, we all learned something. Yeah. <laughs> It's better to learn it now than True. first week freshman year of yeah. college. That's what I say. <laughs> you don't want to be too shocked. There's already yeah. a lot going on that week. You don't want to read about your kids in the newspaper. Oh. Okay, so now I can think of the craziest thing we've ever done. And, and it really isn't that crazy, but it was for our OBGYN client. Um, Dr. Elise Kelly-Jones is um, she's very willing to talk about her expertise in subject matter. She basically is all about talking about sex all the time. This is the OBGYN. Yep. Yeah. And um, so she came up with the idea. She's like, I want to make custom condom tins. And I was like, Ooh. do you give away a lot of condoms in your practice? And she was like, no, but why not? And I was like, oh, okay. So we found a vendor. We got them created. So literally there was like Mint View OBGYN branded condom tins. Is it like a Pringles can? Is it that big? No, it's actually very small. You would <laughs> okay. never know what it is. You like put it in your like, purse. Right, exactly. Yeah. I and feel like so, that's a good thing for Scallion Pancake. Yeah, so, that's actually a really good idea And then us. I <laughs> sent them, literally mailed them to all of the media contacts I had in town. And so this was like, we've been working that's with awesome. Mint View for probably eight-ish years. And so... You wouldn't think there would be that much of a kind of sea change in terms of what is acceptable over eight years, but eight years ago, people were like literally pearl clutching when this thing arrived at their desk. They were like, we cannot talk about this on the air. And I was like... It's sex. It's not yeah. that big a deal. And th- no, we can't. We can't. This is really cool, but we can't put this on the air. And I was like, that's cool. That's fine. Don't. Don't use condoms. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's fine. Yeah. But you know what, though? I mean, but that goes back to kind of uh, where PR expertise comes in handy. So I knew nobody was going to, I knew nobody was going to put it on TV. I mean, no one, I mean, even now, I feel like people are just now starting to talk kind of about social health issues and, and stuff like that. But, um, it kind of planted a seed, you know, that we were willing to do things a little bit different than yes. your normal OBGYN. And that turned into when she started having events, we do um, maybe once or twice a year, she'll do these events called Sex and Sensibility, which is basically like a, a night of drinks and any kind of information. A night of sex? No, no, not <laughs> oh. sex. I was like, uh, when is of, this? A night of talking about sex. Oh, you would be God, surprised I don't want to do that. how many adults have questions and they're too nervous or embarrassed to ask. And so we create an, a space where you can ask things. Like it's anonymous Q&A. We have note cards. You can write down whatever you want. No one will know what Oh, to, we did that know. in health class Right, in but grade. it's for adults. Yeah, so right. we have like wine. We had it catered by Sabor the last time we did it. You need some wine. Right, yeah. so we have wine and tacos and you're like, oh, I can ask some questions. But now I do have a lot of questions. Media will cover that <laughs> because we've already kind of opened the door with to show that we were willing to, you know, we're, we're up for anything really. So yes, it kind of shows like uh, both about the company and about you. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, hey, like this is like I don't know, it makes you seem. I don't even know if cool. cool cooler is the right <laughs> word, but that's like the first thing that comes to mind. Like yeah, like this is not a stuffy. 
right. company for both of you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always a good yeah. message. Because honestly, do you really want clients who are offended by that? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's no. almost like we always think about that when we sometimes we'll go back and be like, oh, we should we've said that on the pod. But then it's like, well, then it's just self-selecting. You know what I mean? Like oh, if you absolutely. don't like us, then yeah. that's cool. Like it's not for everybody. <laughs> no, that's it. And that's part of the reason why um, we put our clients on uh, who we're working with or we've worked in, in the past on our website because I've been hit up by um, political groups before who are not necessarily of the same mind as me. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, I am not your girl. First of all, I don't really do politics. And B, we're never going to see eye to eye on this and I can't, I, I will never feel right taking your money. So you need to go find someone else. And so yes. the same thing with tattoos. Like I have tattoos on my wrist and not even that many. I mean, two on my arm. Um, I've got a couple on my feet, some on my ankles. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't cover them up because if that's what offends you, then we're probably yeah. not meant to be together. So <laughs> you're like, just fine. wait till you'll see later on down the line. <laughs> wait till I start wait swearing. Till yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait till I start swearing and talk about condom tins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do want a condom tin for Sky and Pancake. Yeah, I'll work on that. Face. I'll work on that. Yeah. That's that for after tax season. That would yeah. be cute. Yeah. I'll give you some pride. We'll sell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to ask what your favorite restaurant is in town if you're going out maybe with your family or maybe with your girlfriend you can't say a client your husband yeah but maybe someone not a client i'm trying to think that's a really tough question uh i really like good food on montford mm. uh even though it's hard to get into it is hard. we like stop going there because the wait's <laughs> insane <laughs> you got to get there for like the 4 30 early bird special to yes. get in yeah um i have really liked that place i'm trying to think um, we, as a family, have enjoyed going to Luce. Um, Never well, been. It's Italian we food. Luce. We went that one time. Remember my aunt yelled at you? Oh, God. I'd like See, to go just... back because I don't know what the food tasted like. I was like two months into dating Jason. <gasps> oh, wow. And we showed, okay. they told us it was 630 and we showed up at, it was ended up being at 6. And we showed up mm. late for 6.30. We were like, it was like 6.45 oh. or something. <laughs> they made a huge deal out of it. Yeah, and his huge aunt deal. came down and was like, so nice to meet you. Like, you'll be paying for dinner because you were Because so you late. messed it up. Yeah, because yeah. you screwed mm-hmm. it up. And I was like, I, yeah, I don't know what the food tasted like. Okay, so I need to go back to Luke. Um, <laughs> my husband and I are both from, we're both from Michigan, but I'm from Detroit and uh, the east side of Detroit and have a, um, have a half Italian. So we generally don't eat Italian food in Charlotte just because. It sucks. There's not much of it. Yeah. yeah but um, if we're going to do it, uh, we usually go to Luce. I've never had Detroit pizza, and that's something that I want to have. Can I just tell you how annoyed I am that Detroit pizza is now a thing? <laughs> I know it's like awful that I'm. One of my girlfriends from up. high school lives in <laughs> London, and she just posted a picture, and she was like, "Holy shit, you guys! You can get Buddy's frozen pizza now in London, and it's like Detroit style pizza." <laughs> and it's like, "Oh my god, that's so it's um, it's the only pizza. It's basically you can just order." Jets. Have you ordered yeah, pizza from so it's Jets? Like that it's that it. It's okay. square pizza that has kind of like the crusty edge is my yes. favorite. Um, so that's it. Now that's how I feel when like Lupe serves Cincinnati chili. I'm like, I'm I'm sure it is. Lupe's, <laughs> whatever it is. I've never been there, but I, I, it offends me that. <laughs> yeah. Detroit pizza. The, so yeah, up in Detroit, so they have a store where you, they don't have ABC stores like they do down here. So you can go to the party store, that's what we would call mm. it, and you could get, it's like deli, convenience store, liquor store, beer store, all in one. And every neighborhood has like a party store. And in the party store, you could buy pizza. You could buy sliced pizza like that. They literally make it in like a giant jelly roll pan. Mm. And um, it's cheap as hell. It's usually like a buck or something. So 
They know how to party. Yeah. Up there in Michigan. It's cold. Those Midwesterners, they got nothing else to do but drink. Yeah, Yeah, they just stay inside. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, so we want to ask you what the best thing you ate or drank this week is. It's that time, people. It's that time. Okay. Um, I have to say, it's actually something that I made myself, which I have been trying. It's all me. No, (laughs) I have been trying to cook more. Me too. And um, I made a dish I recently met. Oh, let me go look it up. I think I turned my phone off. Uh, Catherine. Catherine from Family Food on the Table. Yes. Um, I recently met her, and she had a delicious recipe on her uh, website for like a corn and radish, a spicy corn and radish salad, and I made it, and my children ate it. I was so surprised. It was delicious and very easy to make, and um, it's bright and springy. and Spicy, I'm guessing? Not super spicy. You okay. can control the spice by, um, I took most of the ribs out of the jalapeno. Okay. But um, it was, oh, just dressed perfectly. It was, um, it was really good, and I think it'll be great for, go figure, it's on a family website, but uh, it would work really well for school lunches, too. So. Oh, yes. Put it in one of those little bento boxes. Mm-hmm. I love it. We're all about it. What about you, Jason? Well, we went to Blue Hill at Stone Barns last week. We did. We went to New Terrytown, New York. Um, you might have heard of it. It's on Chef's Table. Yeah. Uh, Which we haven't watched that one yet. I have. Speak oh. for yourself. I thought um, you said you hadn't. And oh, sorry. He's a Netflix cheated on you. God. What the uh, heck? We, I, we I asked him this no, when no, we were no. sitting at the restaurant. No, no, he said we, he hadn't. No, we 100% watched it together. <laughs> I said we didn't rewatch it. We watched it together. So you we probably went, just fell asleep. We went to dinner at... 10 p.m. because that's the only reservation we could get. And Jason usually goes to bed at 8. And so we actually got to the restaurant early, hoping they might seat us early because like, we called. And mm-hmm. they were like, if you come, like maybe, you know. So we got there at like 7. No, <laughs> no, we got there at 8. We got there at 8. Seriously, they were like, wow. And then you were so drunk after sitting at the bar for so long. Yeah. You were like, whatever, That's fine. exactly what happened. So we like, I was like wasted and like talking Jason's ear off. And I guess that's when we had the Netflix conversation. And he was like not as drunk as me. And so he's just like staring at the wall like, oh, my God, is it 10 o'clock yet? And I'm just like... I was just loving talking to him, having my cocktails. There was a fire. There's a lot of thoughts that go through her head, and they all come out when there's some drinks. I was like, (laughs) they all come out. I was like, let me tell you about this. He was like, oh my god, I don't know where I am. I can't just go home. He wanted to die. He couldn't escape. Like normally, he'd be like, I'm going to bed. I'm going upstairs. There's no upstairs. We'll sit here and listen to all of this stream of consciousness. Yeah, it was. So anyway, did you enjoy your dinner? So anyway, they have a what they do with their eggs. So they have these hens and they feed them red peppers. So the yolk turns red and it has a pepper taste to it. And they really, really like they, so they came out and they, they basically, they played a game. They had a regular egg and then the, one of the red pepper eggs. Raw. Yeah. And and you got to, they basically let you pick which one you want. And, and it, it works better in a it works better in a bigger like if you have six people at a table, but for us it was just me and Yvonne. So so they said mark it first. with a sharpie, and then you would know which one they would know which one to cook in the back. Yes. So they just cooked it. It was very simple. They put it on uh, just a plain egg with rye and a little bit of cheddar, and it was so good. It was so good. And the blog post would come out on Tuesday, so you should all read it. Okay. Yeah, so I, I picked the wrong egg. So I tried. Cause you, <laughs> Loser. You, well, that's what you're trying to do with the Sharpie is guess which one's the red pepper egg. And so I got she the got wrong the regular, one, and he got the red pepper egg. egg, and it was better. 
It was really good. So did the shells look the same? They did. Yeah. Like you have no idea. Okay. And it was so, really fun. I love anything interactive like that where like, you know, like drawing on the egg. That so was it was kind of, they were kind of trying to say you are what you eat because if you feed Oh, the, absolutely. That's what I was hens. exactly thinking is like, so if you can taste it like, like that, you know, like. I think people don't think a lot about, most people don't think a lot about kind of food system. and Exactly. And that's yeah. kind of their whole point is yeah. they start from the hen. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. What's the best thing you ate this week? Well, I'm going to do two. I haven't done two in a while, <laughs> so I feel like it's it's my time. Cheater. But I want to do one from there. So you're so full. This was one of the biggest tasting meals we've ever had. It was like 30 some courses. What? It was, and, and it was late. Uh. And so I'm, and we were drunk, right? Or I was drunk. So <laughs> it was like, I'm not sure what happened, but there was a point in the meal where like I felt it was like a little too much for me. I felt a little sick. 30's a lot. <laughs> I was yeah. like, a, lot of them, a lot of them are like one bite. They're small, but still. but still, exactly. At that point, yeah. and then like it was the first dessert course was the chocolate bread. Was that no, the, that was the last that one. That was the last. They bring out a chocolate chip sourdough, like a, like a half a loaf. And it was chocolate and cherry. <laughs> chocolate and cherry sourdough. <gasps> and it was so freaking good and warm chocolate, yes. like sourdough bread. And I, I was too full it's to really eat it. It's not sourdough, though. It's wheat. That's it's barber right. wheat. God. But it, it's, Were you it's, even there? I was, but it's tangy. <laughs> he, he just wrote the blog post. Yeah. He writes like one blog post every six months. So now he's going to act like he's the expert False. on blogging. <laughs> you've, you've been very close to it the last few days. But anyway, his wheat, it's the chef's wheat. Yeah. So he basically developed his own strain of wheat with and it's this guy incredib- from Seattle. It's incredibly tangy. It, it yeah. tastes a lot like sourdough. So it's a tangy wheat. But anyway, I was too full to enjoy it. And I... You can't take it home there. Like, you know what I mean? It's not really an option to get a can't box. Just like wrap it in, yeah. wrap it in some, some paper and stick it in your purse. Yeah. Right. That's what I should have done. I should have just been like, oh, what's been this? Been like grandma style. Be like, here, let's just let me give a napkin out. Yes, exactly. Which I do if I have a bigger purse. I honestly should have done that. And it was really good. And I wish I could have yeah. enjoyed it more. But, um, and then the other thing I'm drinking now, our last week's podcast guest was Larry Suggs, mm-hmm. bartender extraordinaire. Well, uh, no, no. He changed his last name. It's Larry Puds. Oh, I see. After meeting with you. I've been waiting to say that for like two weeks. You're I can welcome. tell. Um, so he, when he met with Jason, they recorded that one, just the two of them. He brought this um, pear ginger juice that he made. And it has gin in it, right? Yeah, he used it as a cocktail. So he, that's basically just the but pear. It has a little bit of gin. It has just like a little bit, I guess, just to kind of preserve it. Yeah. Like it, doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't taste alcoholic. But um, I mixed it with sparkling water. So it's mm. just like, I know it's pear and it doesn't, I don't know. It tastes like lemonade. <laughs> but it's fresh ginger. Yeah. Fresh With pear. the fresh ginger and the fresh pear, it tastes just like a really good lemonade and it's like the right amount of sweetness and mm. he's a genius and he should Did he make this. it, I was going to say, did he just make it special for you? Of course. Yes, but he says he, like he, he uses, uses that. it in cocktails. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have not yet tried it in a cocktail. I've just been with the sparkling water. Well, I think it, so uh, if it can, I love stuff that can stand alone. Like it doesn't yes. need alcohol. It doesn't. You could even that have it like straight that, up. I was going to say, yeah. right. That's how you know it's really, really good. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. and it made me want to juice this on my own and try it out. So, yeah. My Larry. <laughs> Larry Pugs. Okay. Larry Pugs. <laughs> okay. Where can we find you all over the interwebs? You can find me at, not on Snapchat. I do have it, but I'm never there. It's usually only, if my son won't answer my text messages, then I go chase after him and his friends on Snapchat. Oh, they must be terrified of that. He's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. Um, I'm alive. So you can find my business website is Mm -hmm. rachelsutherland.net. The podcast website is smartmouthlife.com. And I am a very bad example of 
having all of your social media handles match because they don't. Smart Mouth Life uh, is the same on Instagram and Twitter um, and Facebook, but all of my business ones are kind of all over the place. So I would say just go to the website and start there. Go to the website. Yay, this hire was amazing. Her. You need Rachel in your well, life. One day we will really hire do. you to to mate's giant pancake. Amazing. Yeah, we need you. We need right the now it's mediocre, and uh, uh, I don't it think could it's use mediocre. some Rachel Sutherland magic. It, yeah. yeah, then it <laughs> would just be me bossing you around and telling you to do things. You I need that. Do. I'm so used to that. Do. Yvonne does that all the time, so. and I would love to take a day off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for coming. Thank you guys for on. having me. I appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. And uh, who do we have next week? I think it's just us right now. We might have a to guest. To be determined. Might this might be our last guest. She was so good. I know. We have to retire the pod. <laughs> All right. Just everyone, like that. Have a great week. Condom tin. <laughs> <laughs>